0: Good evening. Reach you in Jesus' name this evening. It's kind of a privilege to be here. Uh, most of you I don't know, never met before. Some of you I have, and uh, some of you have been to Guatemala. And I was just thinking as I was sitting here, a congregation this size. The last couple of years, we sent a family home and a young man home, and they haven't been replaced. So. Uh, Maybe there's someone here that could do that. Uh, we're looking for some replacements. <clears throat> uh, you're not used to this place, having service in here. I don't know anything different. I've never been in that building. I just say, you have a lot of work to do till you get this thing filled up. You <laughs> just have to go out to the byways and the highways and bring them in but I'm glad to be here. A little bit about my family. It's really not important. It's not important who I am. I was talking to someone uh, on Saturday, and he says, I don't think I ever met you before. And I said, well, that's not important. The important thing is that we know Jesus, and that is the important thing. But... uh my wife and I, we have a daughter, Alicia. She's married and lives in Hagerstown, well, close to Hagerstown, Greencastle, Pennsylvania. And uh, had the privilege of stopping there for lunch today. And little granddaughter is going to be too soon. And uh, had the privilege of coloring with her. Grandpa Color. I'll tell you what, she'll do anything. <laughs> anything she has to do. We have a daughter, Kayla, that we... Adopted from Guatemala, and she's 20. And we have a son, Wayne. We adopted him from uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, he's at Balladical Boys Camp. Actually, he's enrolled there, but he's on the Edista River down south here somewhere on the canoe trip. Um, if it wasn't so far, I'd like to go down and join him. But uh, I have work to do here. Brother Leon called me about a year and a half ago and asked if I'd, or emailed me and asked if I'd come down and share. As I was contemplating coming and sharing here, what does it mean to have revival meetings? What, did, what comes to your mind? What do you think of? You think of, oh, every night for a whole week. As my wife packed my bags today, we didn't find revival to put in to come down here. Couple bags. I have a briefcase. We didn't find revival. I haven't found that in my Bible cover. <clears throat> what is revival? Well, the dictionary says it's a bringing or coming back into use, attention or uh, or being. And I'm going to start over again. A bringing or coming back into use, attention or being after a, de- a decline. In other words, there's a decline, and now there's a restoration. Restoration to vigor or activity, a stirring up of religious faith by fervent evangelistic preaching at public meetings, public confession of sins, and professions of renewed faith. Revival. As I come this week, I sense a need of revival. Somebody asked me last evening, are you all prepared? Do you have all your messages prepared for the week. Well, I really don't. Uh, I have some ideas, but I want God to guide me. But I want to spend more time in prayer. I want to seek God's face, and I ask God, I ask you to do the same. Because we want to hear from God this week. Um I've entitled the message, Revival at Any Cost. How badly do you want revival? How seriously are you seeking for revival? Cost is the amount of money, time, or effort required to achieve an end. I see this building. There's some effort went into this building. There's some effort that went into this building long before you saw anything happen. We just put in a completely remodeled our, our school building and put an addition on. And I know that it takes a lot of work. I know it takes work beforehand. And we came to the congregation. And I said, "This is what we think we need. Are you willing to support it?" Are you willing to put the effort forth? Is there a committee that's willing to go ahead with it? Are we willing to, instead of doing our thing this summer, are we willing to put our shoulder to the wheel? We had 17 weeks from the time we broke ground until we had to be ready. It looked like an impossible situation. It was a major undertaking for our congregation. But we actually finished in time and had the dedication and could move in. There were people that, the building committee sacrificed hours and hours. In fact, some of the, some of the comments of their family was, they're so glad when this is over, <laughs> they're going to have dad back again. But at any cost. Any cost is whatever cost, costs, no price too high. A willingness to pay the price needed for spiritual revival was at a sale, a family sale back some time ago and yeah, it was a few years ago and they sold a high chair now how much is an old high chair worth? well the thing there was two people wanted it and pretty much they were willing to pay, pay any price and this thing went 100, 200, 300, I don't know what the final price was and one, uh, one of the men, that, the man that bought it, he was going to buy it, no matter what it cost. So he bought it, and it just kept going until he got it. And we willing to do that for revival. We willing to say, whatever, whatever. I invite you to turn to Psalm 138. I'd like to look at a few verses here. Revival at any cost. Are we willing? To pay the price for revival. <coughs> psalm one thirty eight. I'd like to read the psalm. Notice, notice how the psalmist here, man, yes, reaches out to God. I could say. Psalm one thirty eight, verse one. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praises unto unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple, and praise thy name for thy loving and kindness, and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cry, thou answerest me, and strengthenest me with, str- with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect of the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the work of thine own hands." Notice here as he as the psalmist begins to write, he says, I will praise thee, not half heartedly. As we sang tonight, did you sing with your whole heart? I'm sure if we if we'd say, Okay, now everyone we're gonna stand and we're gonna make these steel rafters ring. Do it with all you got. You could have given more. And I'm not condemning you for your singing, I understand. But there's a, there's a difference between just doing it and doing it with your whole heart. If you're a school teacher, you know that. Okay, There's a difference between work and doing work with your whole heart. If you do a job, it doesn't matter how menial the job, there's a difference between doing the job and doing it with your whole heart. He says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praises unto thee. It doesn't matter who hears. In fact, in the face of the enemies of God, I will praise thee. You know, it's one thing to praise God here. But how about there when we're at work? Or we're somewhere and there's, you know, there's people that don't appreciate it. Are we willing to stand up and sing? Are we willing to stand up and testify? With my whole heart. Notice in verse 2, he said, I will worship toward the holy temple, will praise thy name, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy names." There we see a love for the word of God. And I I agree with Brother Leon, we will not have revival unless we have prayer, unless we pray and ask for it. We're also going to have to value God's word. And part of revival at any cost is, Lord, I am opening myself up to you, and anything you put your finger on, I'm willing to listen. Anything. He also says, he has a testimony in verse 3, In the day when I cried, you answered. I've experienced that in the past. You have answered me. I know that you answer prayer. So if I pray for revival, he will answer. Verse 6. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect the the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. In my mind, we have a choice how we know the Lord. We have a choice what our relationship is uh, with the Lord. He said... The Lord has respect unto the lowly, or the humble. The one who is open to receive. The one who's open to teaching. The one who's open to counsel. The one who's open to allow the Holy Spirit to drive that word home in our hearts. He says he has the respect, or he, 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 he knows them close. But the proud he knows afar off. And I've thought about this already. You know, there are times in your life whenever God seems far off and you wonder, you know, it's pretty dry right now. Well, let's check if we're humble before Him if we're open before Him. Many times, if we're honest and God seems far off, we're pushing to have our own way. Now, I know there are crises. We've had times in our family where we prayed and we prayed and I remember walking down the lane early in the morning in the dark just lifting up my hands and saying, God, where are you? Where are you? My family was getting blown apart. But God was listening and I didn't realize. <laughs> there are times I thought, God, you don't even hear. But God heard me. So how do Does he know us so far off or does he know us close? Then in verse 7, he says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Revival doesn't depend on whether we're going through trouble or not. Revival depends on whether we're willing to reach out and allow God to revive us. He wants to revive us. He wants to revive every one of us. He's able to do that but the limit is whether we're willing to allow them to do it or not. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hands against the wrath of mine enemies and thy right hand shall save me. Are you struggling right now in temptation? I'm working with a couple of our young fellows from from our congregation. They've had severe struggles with with purity and just the whole that whole issue. For honest most of us have struggled with that. And they got to the place where I'll text them, I try to text them frequently. Or I talk with them and they'll say You know, temptations are really just I just had a conversation last evening. And one fellow said, You know, I want, I want a different place to work. Where I work, it's just, there's no Christian. No Christians there. And it's just, I need another place to work. I was in prison on Wednesday evening and I had a preach at a Spanish service. No, it was on Sunday. Sunday afternoon, I was in a county jail. And I asked for what their mountain, their Jordan, actually, it was about their Jordan rivers. What were your Jordan rivers? What's the obstacles to God's blessing? And the one fellow just looked around and said, "The devil's in this place. He's all around us. We try to have victory, but he's all around us." I think there's there's some other issues there. Maybe some uh, restitution that needs to happen, or maybe some other things that need to happen there. I'm not sure. But we have a lot of enemies. We have a lot of opposition. To a victorious Christian life. But it's possible. In spite of all that. To have revival. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Forsake not the work of thy hands. Do we long for revival? Revival is about God's glory. It's about what we permit God to do. What we allow God to do in our lives. Revival is death to self so that God can work in and through us. The need for revival indicates a decline. And without, that, we, we all would like to think that every day we are on top of our game. Every day we are in, we can reach out and touch God, he's so close. And hopefully, in many days they are that way. But it's not always that way. Sometimes the the daily living, the pressures of life. My wife and I were just talking, and it's been a lot of things going on, and she's had a heavy load, taking care of my mother and taking care of another lady. That uh, she's basically losing her mind, and it's just a lot of pressure. And you know, when you get busy, what's one of the first things that happens? You slip up in prayer, read, Bible reading, and prayer. And then we feel we feel guilty because we didn't. We begin to feel a lack, uh, a dryness in us because we we've, we've done that. And first thing you know, we need a revival. Revelation two talks about this, and I may speak on on that later this week, I'm not sure. But he says, you've lost your first love. Do you remember the first love? Do you remember the time you accepted Christ and you felt clean? I remember that. And I remember another time that I I was at a youth meeting in Hartville, Ohio, and I responded because I had some issues in my life. And I went forward there was many people went forward that night we prayed through I went home we drove home from Ohio I don't know 5 hours or so got home in time to do my milk ride in the morning I was picking up milk cans for for the Amish and it was Monday morning and I couldn't figure out why everybody was so long for I was happy man I was free from sin I was like life is exciting Everybody was just like, normal Monday morning. Well, probably a couple of weeks I was the same way on a Monday morning. <laughs> I don't remember. But I do know what I felt like that morning. Remember that? Have you fallen from that? Have you left that? Well, I have a good number of points here. I have three or four points here. Revival at any cost. First of all, we must desire revival. Are we satisfied or do we long for more? Are you satisfied where you are spiritually? I've made it. i have a close walk with God. Or do you desire for something more? Do you desire to reach out and touch God? Do you desire that? You wouldn't have to struggle so much with these temptations, but you could just say no right away. There's a quote here from Voice of the Martyrs that I got. It says, I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equate a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of God to make me love a man of another race or pick beats with a migrant. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal and a paper sack. I would like to buy three dollars worth of God, please. Is that all the more we want? Do we want just enough to get by? Do we want just enough to to make it in the gate? I'll tell you something. If that's all the more we want, I question whether we're going to make it in. Unless there's a a revival in Isaiah chapter six, I'm not gonna to turn to it, but in Isaiah chapter six, Isaiah saw the Lord, and when Isaiah saw the Lord, he saw himself, and he says, I am unclean, I am undone, I need help, I need a touch from God. And if we if we get into the word of God. And we take a look at God's will for us, I believe many times we'll see the same thing about ourselves. We're unclean. We need a touch from God. We must desire to see God at work in in our lives and in the lives the lives of others. Psalm 85, 6 says, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Spanish sort of loosely translated there is won't you return and give us life? Won't you return and give us life? We need life. And we know the song Revive Us Again, fill each heart with thy love. <laughs> Excuse me. May soul be rekindled with, with fire from above. Is that something we long for? We're going to have to want it for it to happen. God isn't going to force it on us. Those of you that have small children, did you ever try to feed it, feed a small child? Sometimes whenever you put something in their mouth, it's like those dollar bill machines that they don't accept the dollar bills. You come, boom, right back out again. you. Sometimes I think that's the way it is. And God is trying to give us something. And it comes right back out again. How will we have revival if that happens? We must be willing to accept it. That seed that's sown. We must desire that. In the song, and the hymn, Come Thou find of Every Blessing, there's a phrase in there that says, Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above." We have to realize that we're prone to wonder. We're prone to leave God. We're prone to walk away from God. And we need, we want to be revived. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Here Paul talks about a lot of things that he had going for him. Things that were sort of like part of his pedigree. But notice what he says here. Philippians 3, verse 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ, and be found in him. It's possible that he dictated this and somebody else wrote it. It's possible that he wrote it. But if he said this to someone, how do you think he said this? Uh, You better put in there that that I may know him. No, that I may know him. I want to know him. That's my longing. I want to know him. A quote here from uh, Jim Elliot. From the Shadow of the Almighty, that book. He makes his ministers a flame of fire, he wrote. Am I ignitable? God, deliver me from the dread asbestos of other things. Saturate me with the oil of the spirit that I may be a flame. But flame is transient, often short-lived. Canst thou bear this, my soul, short life? in me there dwells the spirit of the great short-lived whose zeal for God's house consumed him and he has promised baptism with the spirit and with fire make me thy fuel flame of God and as you read through Jim Elliot's journals he wanted revival at any cost he was willing to do it at any cost we, we shrink back from that And I understand that. There's there's been songs in our hymn books. There were times in my life that I couldn't sing it. There's a song, a phrase in one of the songs. Lord, teach me the patience of unanswered prayer. Have you ever sang that? Did you ever mean it when you sang it? Do you realize what you're singing? Teach me the patience. There were times I wouldn't sing through that. Because I was afraid of what God might require. Revival at any cost, I'm going to leave that in God's hands. Does that mean it's going to be easy? No. But what we give up for revival is worth it. Because we get to know God in a new way. God will not force revival on us, but we must desire it and plead for it. Second point, and I'm sort of getting into it, we must be willing to pay the price. We must be willing. For revival at any cost. We must be willing to pay the price. Let's go to Luke nine, Luke chapter nine, verses twenty-three to twenty-six. Luke nine twenty-three. And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he shall gain the whole world and lose lose himself or be a castaway? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. One must be willing to give up whatever it might cost for revival. God is faithful. With his help, I want to be faithful. And as he puts puts his finger on places in my life this week, I want to respond and I invite you to do the same. It's going to touch certain areas of our lives. Are we willing to pay the price? One of the prices is self-denial. All rights to self. Not what I want, but what God wants. I do not have a reserve. Have you ever been in an auction? I guess you have auctions in this part of the country. And yeah, something's going to be sold (coughs) with a reserve. In other words, if it doesn't bring enough, I'm not going to let go. Well, what you're saying, whatever it costs, there's no reserve. I'm not keeping my hands on it. I'm not hanging on to it. There's no reserve. Another quote from Jim Elliott. Father, let me be weak that I may lose my clutch on everything temporal. My life, my reputation, my possessions. Lord, let me lose the tension of grasping hand." Even, Father, would I lose the love of fondling? How often have I released the grasp only to retain, retain what I prized by harmless longing, the fondling touch. Rather, open my hand to receive the nail of Calvary as Christ was opened, that I, releasing all, might be released, unleashed from all that binds me now. He thought of heaven, yea, equality with God, not a thing to be clutched at. So let me release my grass. That's hard to do some things. There are things that are hard to let go. There are things that are dear to us. But are we willing to release it? Take up my cross daily. Where my will crosses God's will, God's will is followed. We make a decision Monday evening. Lord, as you speak this week, And your will, my will, and your will cross. I'm going to take your will. I've already decided it. Every day I choose God's will. And we know God's will through his word. We know God's will as the spirit speaks to us. It can be through teaching, through preaching, through conversation with others. When God, many times he'll nudge at us, many times he'll... Plead with us. Sometimes he brings something in. You know, it's without a doubt. We say, well, I need another confirmation. We're willing to choose God's will. We're willing to follow Christ. Follow his example. His leading. His life of sacrifice and service. And uh, it does not make sense. For a, in a human from a human standpoint. But if we save life, we lose. But if we lose, we gain. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with Jim Elliott's quote He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Are we willing like to spend and be spent for God? I don't know how many of you are familiar with Olive Branch Ministries. How many of you know are familiar with the name Raymond Burkle? He's now with Iger. He was in our home and he gave, shared his testimony. He was a dairy farmer in Lancaster County. Had a very good dairy farm. He had a very good business. He used to uh, soup up snowmobiles. I don't know if he had any need for snowmobiles in this part of the country or not, People as far away as Minnesota would come to have their snowmobiles souped up and they'd race. He was in a Mennonite setting, but he was not a Christian. He went to the Mennonite church all his life, but he was never saved. And one night he went to hear Gospel Express because he liked music, and he went to hear the music. And he went back, and he went back, and finally he got saved at one of their tent meetings. It was so clear to him, I don't have the details down, but it was so clear to him, he had to get rid of his farm, he had to get rid of his business, because God was calling him to missions. And his church people, his Mennonite friends called him Crazy Raymond, because he got rid of his farm, he got rid of his business, and started doing a day job, because God's going to call me into missions. And one time, Olive Branch Ministries had an informational meeting, and they said, if you feel God calling you to missions... He sign up at the table. Him and his wife went forward and signed up at the table. He thought there would be a line there. There was nobody else there. He has to be able to tell it in order to, for you to understand. They call him Crazy Raymond. Well, maybe God's asking you to do something that seems crazy. What are we willing to give up? Are we willing to give up our reputation? Our goals. We all have goals in life. If you don't have a goal, you're probably not doing much. But you have a goal to do something. Maybe a business or a job. Those are legitimate things. Maybe you're involved in things that are not necessarily wrong, but God's asking you to give them up. Maybe it's sports or hobbies or certain kinds of rec- recreation. Maybe it's girlfriends or boyfriends. Or a farm. I don't know what it is. I don't know your setting. I don't know your life. But God does. And He's asking us as we come to revival that we're willing to pay the cost, so we're going to hold these things loosely. And. My wife would tell you I'm a hoarder. I don't like this word. She said I've used it last year, not at the door. I used to. I sometimes I kid her. I I hope I'm always useful. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I find out? I just made recently. I got rid of some more stuff. I haven't used them, and I can live without them. Are we holding things loosely? Are we allowing God to put His finger? On places in our lives. I have a couple quotes on revival. Charles Finney said this I believe any people of God can have revival on the condition that they obey from the heart and unconditionally do the will of God. Obey from the heart and unconditionally do the will of God. Another one from him All, God's, all of God's revealed truths are sealed until they are open to us through obedience I'll give you two illustrations when the priests got to the Jordan River what were they supposed to do keep going right splash it opened up they could have stood on that shore till today and that river wouldn't have opened if they wouldn't have went forward but when they obeyed and went forward and put that foot in there it opened up about the ten lepers that came to Jesus, Jesus didn't wave his hand over them. He didn't even make spittle and put on them like he did on some. He just said, "Go show yourself to the priest." They could have said, "No way! I got missing fingers. I got white spots on my face. I am not going to the priest. He's going to make a fool of me." But if you read that account. It says, "As they went, they were healed." T.K. Hershey says this, There is no use in praying for revival unless we get rid of sin in all its forms. If we have known sin in our life, it's just God can't work until we get rid of that. What are some hindrances to revival? Indulging in known sin. We have... We call them besetting sins or weaknesses, we call them. God calls it sin. Indulging in known sin. Willful disobedience to a known commandment. We know something's wrong, but we keep on doing it. Selfishness. Idols in the heart. Well, there's a message from Ezekiel 14. People came to him as though they were righteous men, but they had idols in their heart. Doubt, doubt is a hindrance to revival and a refusal to make restitution. That's one thing. I know a man back home that, I really believe that's what's keeping him from the kingdom. The things he knows he has to make right. But i to tell you something, it's better to suffer the uh, humiliation of making restitution now than wait till the day before, uh, on judgment day and it's all laid out. It's going to come out sometime, and it's better to do it now. I heard a story once of uh, an evangelist that was having revival meetings at a certain church, and uh, the pastor wanted him to go with him to visit a neighbor. And this neighbor was a bitter man. This neighbor did—he was ah—he oh, was bitter. He hated Christians. He didn't want anything to do with them. He went to visit them anyway. So this man was to ask, "Now, what? Why? Why don't you like? Why are you so against Christians?" We said, "I have a neighbor that was a Christian." And he said, "He lived right across the fence." And He said, "I was growing tomatoes, and I had a stalk with five ripe tomatoes. They were ready to pick." And one day I happened to look out the window, and there was my Christian neighbor putting those five ripe tomatoes in his basket. He said, Because he did that, I will not accept Christ. He says he's a Christian. Look what he did. The evangelist says, You're willing to go to hell for five ripe tomatoes? He said, Yes. I'm willing to go to hell for five ripe tomatoes. We say, That's terrible. But maybe we have some ripe tomatoes that we don't want to give up. We wouldn't call them that. They probably aren't worth much more than that. But hidden sin will dump buckets of cold water on the fires of revival. Are we willing to get up whatever? Give up whatever? What are we determined to hang on to? even if it means no revival. Well, I have one more point here. We must live revival. Revival is not just an emotional high. Revival isn't just something, wow, I felt good that week. That was an awesome week. Then we go back to regular living. We must live revival. John 10:10. John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Are we living the abundant life? Are we living the abundant life? Is it bubbling out? I've already had this illustration where I had a cup And I had water in this cup, but the person wasn't supposed to know it. And I'd get a young fellow up, and I'd say, I'm going to hold this real still, and you see if you can move my arm. Why? He shakes the arm, and he gets plastered with water. So then I ask, well, then I get another fellow up, and the cup's empty. empty. So another one tries it, and no water comes out. And the question is, why did the water come out? Well, because the hand was shook. No, that's not why the water came out. It didn't, the hand was shook the second time and no water came out. What's inside comes out. And we're going to get shook around in life. All of us will. We'll get bumped against brothers and sisters. We'll get bumped against husbands and wives. We'll get bumped against other church members. The neighbor down the street, the co-worker. Circumstances in life are going to shake us. What's going to splash out? What's inside? So, revival needs to splash out. The abundant life needs to come out. We need to be filled to overflowing. We need to be splashing out and blessing others. That's one thing that's so wonderful about the Christian life. If we look at only ourselves and that we become Christians to escape hell, and that's a good reason. But that's not, that's only the beginning. We are saved to serve. We are saved to bless others. God wants to use you as a cup of cold water for many people. The revival you desire for your church must begin with you. And that's another thing that I've done it. Yeah, preach it, brother. He needs it. What about me? It must begin with you. If it begins with you, that it begins with me, others will be blessed and God will be glorified. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I'd like to read verses 9 and 10 first of all. Ephesians 3, 9, and 10. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things in in Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. I just preached on the first part of Ephesians recently, and there's something stood out to me that I never saw before. One of the reasons... God wants us to live a holy life for his glory is so that the principalities and powers in heaven replace it. That means the angels. Do you know the life you portray is the life that the angels see of the Christian life. They don't understand what it is to be dead in sin and revived. They don't understand what it is to be saved. God wants us to live. I believe for both, for the good angels and for the bad angels. He wants us to be an example. Now let's turn over to verse 14. Paul praying here. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ, which pa- passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, world without, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. As you read that, can't you just enthusiasm Paul <coughs> bleeds out there? Strengthen with might in the inner man. Dwell in your hearts by faith. Filled with the fullness of God. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. The fires of revival must burn every day. Now I don't wanna I don't wanna. leave a false premise where if you don't feel in cloud nine every day there's something wrong with you. It's not feeling. okay. We get revived and as we get revived the circumstances are still going to be tough but we can by faith look to Him. And we can still, in spite of it, live a joyful Christian life. Do our families, friends, co-workers, neighbors, and enemies no, know, we live the life of revival. I work at a hardware store and we get a lot of customers in. And it is amazing how you get to know people. You know their responses. You know how they're going to respond. You know who's going to fuss about cost of things. You know who's going to... I uh, Sometimes there are couples come in there and they are just having an argument right in front of us. Uh, one wants to buy the child something and the other one don't want it. Come on, don't waste your money. It's a tool. Lots, we have lots of tools. So it's Many times it's the man wants to buy something and the woman don't want him to buy it. But maybe if it would be in a houseware shop or a gift shop, it might be the other way. I don't know. But we're going to face things like that. But how? What comes out? What do our neighbors and friends see? They say, yeah, 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 he's a Christian. He He sold out. I have to be honest and share something that happened that I'm not proud of. Back in August, we, uh, there's one guy comes in and he's a very demanding man. He's just, and we know him and we, we sort of you know, we tease back and forth. But he, he brought a, you no, know, he bought, he ordered some, a special order, some tool. And it came in, so I was given a list of things that were special orders to call the people and tell them they're here. Well, we all know Mark this mark that comes in. <laughs> so I was calling him, and I got to his... And I remember how he said it. He said, get it, get it here. He wanted it right away. Well, it's going to be a couple days until it gets here. Well, when I called him, I said, forget what it was. It's here. Get in here and get it and get out of here. That's what I said. I left a message on the phone. <laughs> well, he called up one of the other employees. and said, if that's the way you're going to treat me, I I don't even want it. <laughs> oh, I just got the pen when I saw and I called him up and I said, hey, I'm sorry. I was not right. And I was going to pay for it and just tell him to come get it. I was going to put it on my account. I felt bad. But uh, actually, a little bit later I made a trip to Guatemala and I came back with a bunch of Guatemala pens and I gave him some and he's happy as can be now. <laughs> I hope I made restitution. But it was a lesson. It was a lesson for me. He took offense. He wasn't expecting it from me because he knew how I should live. Are we living at revival? Revival at any cost. We must desire revival. We must be willing to pay the price. And we must be willing to live revival. I don't know, like I said, I don't know what all God's going to speak to us about this week. My prayer is that he would guide me, he would guide you. He would guide our hearts and thoughts towards him. That we would be open like the soil that was mentioned about this evening. That it would spring forth and grow. I'm just asking tonight that you would open yourself to God and let him do what he wants to do. You know the song "Have Thine Own Way." That song. Why don't we sing our stand and prayerfully sing that song? And uh, don't sing it if you don't mean it, okay? But sing it if you mean it. Have Thine Own Way,
1: Lord. Have Thine Own Way. Have
0: We come before you at the close of this service. We thank you for your blessings to us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your desire for us that we would live in victory. We would live in revival. We would have a touch from you this week. So, Father, we just ask you to help us see what you see when you look at our lives. We have blind spots, Father. We, We have prejudices and Sometimes we think we're better than we really are. So, Father, help us as we go through this week to see ourselves as you see us and then be open and ready to take the necessary steps to live the abundant life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.